0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, all
1: engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Thirty-two minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo Eleven. Tower cleared. Welcome to Space 3D. We conclude our conversation with X fifteen historian Michelle Evans author of the book, The X-15 Rocket Plane, Flying the First Wings into Space. In this episode, Michelle discusses some exciting news about technical consulting work she's been involved in with the upcoming National Geographic and Disney Plus reboot of The Right Stuff. We'll make sure to ask her if there are any untold stories left about the X-15, since we have a feeling that there still might be a few tales to tell. Finally, Michelle discusses a once in future topic for another book that we hope she'll still decide to pursue one of these days.
0: I'm actually pretty excited right now. Uh, For a period of time here, over the last few months, I worked with uh, National Geographic. Uh, They are putting together a program. Uh, I'm sure you remember the uh, 1980s movie The Right Stuff, based on Tom Wolfe's book of the same name. Some people love it, some people hate it. I, I tend to like the movie. There's things in it I wish were different. I really hated what they did to Gus Grissom and stuff. But I love the f- fact that they got the feeling of the program right at that time. Now, I, I'll probably catch hell for that, but uh, that's sort of the way I feel about it. But the deal is that National Geographic is now working on a new program that's going to revisit the right stuff. And one thing that's in the original book is the x 15 and it actually did get a small cameo in the movie. It's a, a model sitting on Poncho's bar, and that's all you ever saw of the X-15. But we're hopefully going to see a little bit more about the X-15 in this upcoming National Geographic special. And I was very proud to work with them, so I have my fingers crossed. These guys sound like they know what they're doing. Uh, I, I will tell you that they actually took a lot of my original interviews that I did back in the 80s, old cassette tapes and things, and digitized those, and they're going to be hopefully using clips from that stuff as part of this program. So I'm very excited and very hopeful that we're going to see something pretty amazing out of National Geographic.
1: Are there any untold stories of the X-15 still out there for you to tell?
0: Oh, I could probably write a couple more books if I really wanted to. I know, When I first wrote the book, when I had written what I wanted to write, even then there were stories that I knew I couldn't put in. I just couldn't find places for them. The UNP came back to me and They actually told me that this book is too long. You really do need to edit it down. I ended up taking out like 12% of the manuscript from what I had originally written and what you could call the director's cut of the movie. But I will also say that UNP was right in having me do that. The book, I think, is much better. It's tighter than it would have been if it had been allowed to go forward the way I had uh, first popped it out of my head. Uh, They were really great to work with. Uh, Colin Burgess, who is the series editor for Outward Odyssey, is great. He instigated this Outward Odyssey series. It's still ongoing now. I can't be prouder than to be part of that series. Colin's a great author, lives down in Australia. This was really an international project. Uh, I'm here in California. Colin's down in Australia. The person who did the artwork that I commissioned for the book, uh, lives in Sweden. He did amazing, <laughs> amazing artwork I hope people get a chance to see it. It's on the cover of the book. There's several inside the book itself. You can see them all on my website in full color as well. And Tommy Erickson, who did that uh, that artwork on the X-15, actually got his Ph.D. in part because of his visualization of the yeah. X-15. So that's another great uh, benefit that came out of this program. The journey has been something else. I never would have anticipated yeah. anything like this. Well, you
1: can you can hear that in your voice as well. So that's that's great thank you well apart from the x-15 i guess my last question is what is or are your next aerospace historical project or anything that you can divulge at this time
0: (laughs) that's always one of the big questions that people ask me what's next well if you go back and look at my history on the x-15 it took me 30 years from beginning to end So if I started another project now, I'm not even going to tell your listeners how old I would be at that point. I will tell you there was another project that I had really gotten to the point where I thought that's going to be the one I'm going to do next. And, again, I hope your listeners are familiar with this program. It was called the Delta Clipper Program, or the DCX program. came out of McDonnell Douglas in the 1990s. Apollo 12 astronaut, Skylab astronaut Pete Conrad was heavily involved in it. And I had made a decision because I knew a lot of the people who were involved in that, including a guy named Bill Galvitz, who was the head of the program. He was one of the instigators of the program. And I said, you know, I know these guys. Maybe that's the story I want to talk about. I thought it could really relate to what I'd re- uh, done on the X-15. And I just sat down to make sure that that's where I was going to go. And Bill Gobbett's passed wow. away on me. And the nerve. It, it, it was – I. I it, it took the whole heart out of it for me. And I've never been able to really pursue it after that. Pete Conrad, of course, is long gone too. And like with the X-15, I needed to talk to the people. And if I can't talk to those kind of people, it wouldn't be the same story. You know, people can go back and read other things or see stuff on YouTube or whatever. It's not the same as sitting down and talking to them in person. And that's, that's what I was so enamored with being able to do. I want to give you a quick example if you have a moment. There was a guy named Dean Bryan. He worked at the propulsion system test stand for the X-15. That's where they would lock down the X-15 when it was all set ready for flight and they would power up the engine and run it to make sure that all the systems worked before they loaded it on the B-52 and went for a research flight. So Dean was in charge of that area out there. And when he retired, they, one of the things they did is they actually presented him with the throttle box from the XLR-99 at the oh, PSTS. Yeah. Whoa. And he loved that thing so much. Now, I got a call from his son one day and said, you know, I was told that you're doing this research, and my dad worked on the program. If you want to come up here uh, to the Tehachapi area to talk to him, we'd love to have you come up. i got to tell you. He is in last stages of Alzheimer's. He's not very coherent about a lot of stuff. But if you want to come up and see what happens, please come up. So it's like, sure, absolutely, I'm going to talk to this guy. And I went up there, and it was him. His son was there. A friend of his had worked on X15, and his son also joined us that day at his home. And one of the first things is Dean came up to me. He's in a wheelchair That throttle box was mounted to his Ah. wheelchair, which was so cool. And we talked. We were there for a couple of hours. We sent out for pizza. Oh, my God, what an afternoon it was. A couple weeks later, his son calls me up. He says, you know, that was the most animated, the most coherent that my father has been in years. And I want to thank you for doing what you did and it was not long after that that dean passed away wow what a story the old memories are the last to go if you can get somebody talking about the old stuff that's when people are talking oh, about absolutely. alzheimer's patients you know it's like they just want to keep telling the same story over and over again if it makes them oh, happy mind. let them absolutely and if you can record that stuff as i say that's that's my my big thing in life is that i gave dean and these other guys a voice so many of the people that i spoke to are long gone now. As I say, I talked to nine out of the 12 pilots. I did talk to family members of the other three. Yeah. So there's direct input from everybody. But out of those nine, eight of those guys are gone. Just Joe Ingalls left. So this is what I consider a, a historical record that, unfortunately, can never be repeated. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, we want to thank you for a fantastic interview. You're just a, a fountain of information about the X-15. <laughs> I'm
0: O.C. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. right. and,
1: <laughs> and if, you, if you ever are inclined to to write about the Delta Clipper, we definitely would would have you back to talk about that as well.
0: I I would love to do that. And if you ever want to talk about Space Camp Turkey and the programs they do. Any of that kind of stuff, I'd be glad to oh, talk fantastic. about that. Wonderful to chat with you, Michelle. Uh, hope to meet you in person sometime in Meet space. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. It was great to talk with you. And, and thank you, Eleanor, for having me on. It's uh, been wonderful to get to know you. If any of your listeners know places where they live, uh, museums, science centers, uh community groups, libraries, get in touch with me. I would love to come and talk. I do love to tell the story about the X-15. right,
1: fantastic. Well, with that, we are going to go ahead and sign off. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Space 3D. This concludes our podcasts for season three. We'll be taking a break for a few months to prep for season four. Thanks for listening. For Tom Hill and Emily Carney, This is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.